Kay He, welcome to the Principal Podcast. We're so thrilled to have you. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure to be here. And hello, all lis- every uh, listener. <laughs> the listeners, I'm sure, are really, really excited to get your perspective on a few things like productivity, managing your time more wisely, finding enough for yourself, defining success, these sorts of things. But you know, I'll let you give a quick introduction if you have something that you want to highlight about yourself. Awesome. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, Kay He. I would say I'm coming in, dialing in from Manhattan Beach, California, right off the beaches of uh, Southern California. Uh, I would say that my, if you wanted to kind of put a little story on my life, it would be, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Uh, kind of a tale of two cities in a very Charles uh, Dickens, Dickens-like way. Um, the early part of my life, you know, child of first generation immigrants, put your head down, work your butt off, success, you know, promotions, money equals happiness and fulfillment. That was the early part of my career, 14 years on Wall Street. I uh, had at 35, I had, you know, what's hopefully a third of a life crisis. And I pulled the ripcord and I'm like, I'm out of here. Uh, I want to do something different. Didn't really have a plan. And that started the second phase of my adult life as a creator, a freelancer, a solopreneur, a father, a surfer, uh, a Southern Californian. Um, so there I started completely blank slate. And we can, I'm sure we'll talk about that. I started uh, writing on the internet, a small email newsletter with 36 subscribers in, uh, uh, in May of 2015 or J- January of 2015. Seven and a half years later, we're uh, you know 40,000 subscribers, over 100,000 across all our different platforms. Uh, we are an online education company anchored by a media company or media writing. Uh, and we teach uh, people how to live more productive, examined, and joyful lives. Awesome. Awesome. Well said. There's a ton of content that you have out there in terms of TED Talks, podcasts, your own YouTube channel, obviously Rad Reads blog. People can really dig into your background. So we won't spend a ton of time belaboring the point. But something that I really wanted to talk to you about was a a phrase that I think you coined that really stuck out to me. And you said uncomfortable introspection is what you what led you to make the decision to leave Wall Street Mm -hmm. into into a life that looking back is definitely a lot more fun than some of the stuff you were doing on Wall Street. I think I think we can say that objectively. What is uncomfortable introspection? What does it mean to you? I, I'll answer that question, but I'll zoom out a bit. And I think it's, I, I talk a lot about my upbringing because uh, we are the byproducts of our environments. We are the byproducts, you know, physically, but also emotionally and psychologically and spiritually of our parents and, 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 and their whole, whole upbringing. So I was raised in a way where, in a world where you don't really introspect. So my dad, he had this aphorism. He, you know, he worked at the UN, forty odd years, one job. You know, got our family from lower middle, you know, lower middle class to upper middle class. You know, just through his sheer hard work. He had this saying: "We may not be the smartest, but we're the hardest working." And that kind of anchored a lot of my, you know, my 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 worldview. Right when your when your parents say this thing over and over and over again. Kind of becomes a part of your identity. I'm a really, really hard worker. I put my head down. I could take a lot of pain, 
It could take a lot of discomfort. I can work through lack of sleep, you know, people yelling at me, cursing at me, disrespecting me. And I attribute a lot of that to the work ethic um, from my parents being, you know, coming to the States with, with very little. Um, but they also, my dad also had his other saying, my dad thinks hiking is foolish. And um, he thinks it's foolish because he, in his words, I love you, dad, because he probably listens. Um, he's like, I only walk to places where I need to go to. And the other thing he says is, if you have time to hike, um, you probably should get back to work. Right. And so I say that because a lot of the way I was raised is what's the point of looking within? Right. Looking within is just a distraction from moving towards the target. Right. And I kind of viewed those as very zero sum game. On top of that, because, you know, we're Southeast Asian. Um, we have this culture where we don't really show a lot of emotion, particularly men, right? So you're just like, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Even though you're, you're hurting or you're sad or you're frustrated or you're scared, right? Scared being a big one. Um, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I got this. I got this. Put my head down. Let's plow through this. And that was how we, was, we were raised. And uh, there's a comedian. My wife always brings her up and, and she said, like, holding in your emotions is like holding in a fart. It's like, it seems possible for a while, but at some point it just, it takes full control of you. And the it's consequences gotta out. It's gotta are, out it's, are disastrous, right? In that, in, in that example. And so, totally. so it's a long-winded way of saying like, I never saw the point of looking with it. It was always framed to me as a waste of time, uh, an assault on your manliness or macho-ness or uh, emotional sturdiness. And I didn't have the tools to do it because of that, right? And I would say just forget Asian immigrant culture. And just in the West, we're not particularly encouraged to look within, right? We're encouraged to solve and do, right? And so I started to look in within and see these little clues like, this doesn't feel good. This feels off. Like, um, you ever had walk around with a, uh, you have something like a pebble in your shoe and you're like walking around and, and it's kind of annoying and you definitely know it's there, but it's not annoying enough to stop, take your shoe off, undo your laces, you know, shake it out, put your laces back on. So you just keep walking with this mild discomfort, this mild annoyance. And I don't know how it hit me, but at some point I was like, that's how I felt about my life. And I'm like, there's got to be more to life than this low-grade annoyance that never goes away. I wonder what's causing it. And that kind of opened up. The, I mean, that took me to a lot of different pathways about my childhood, about um, how I was raised, my worldview, you know, my fears, my insecurities, and all that. That opened the door to this uncomfortable introspection. Got it. And so was it mainly your work? Was it your lifestyle? Was it the interactions you were having? What, mm. I guess, what facets of your life were, didn't feel yeah. right? Yeah. When, when people take our course, so we have a course that people think is a productivity course. It's called Supercharger Productivity. Uh, but it's really a, a, um, an introspection course. It's a self-awareness course. We kind of trick people. 
who were like, yeah, I want supercharged productivity. Yeah. And then we were like, well, and if you've read our, read our blog long enough, you know that like, sure, we could write about productivity, but that's not what floats our boat. Um, so the, um, in the course, the first lecture, I bring someone up on the hot seat and I ask them, why did you take this course, Supercharge Your Productivity? And they'll usually say something like, uh, I want to be more organized. And then I say, I ask them the five whys. Why is it important to be more organized? And then they'll say something like, oh, because there's a lot of things I want to get done. And, and because I'm not organized, I don't do them. And then I'll say, well, why is it important to do the things you say you're going to do? And they'll say something like, well, because if I don't, then uh, I'm letting people down or I'm letting myself down. And then I say, well, why is it important to not that you not let yourself down? And usually we call it the fifth why. Usually by the end, the person is in tears. And it uncovers this, this, this pebble, right? But it's, it's actually more than a pebble. It's a pain. And usually it's one of, they're kind of all derivatives of these other one, one another. But usually it's some combination is that I feel unlovable. I'm scared of irrelevance slash death slash annihilation. Um, I feel unworthy. It's kind of similar. Uh, I feel invisible. It's kind of like the relevance. So I had all those. I feared annihilation, like physical annihilation, like, like dying, you know, that I got jumped a bunch of times when I was a kid. So like, I never felt very physically safe. Um, then as I got older, I feared like an, uh, ego death, like ego annihilation, like I'm not religious. And so when we go, like it's over game over. Right. Um, and so that's a scary thing. I fear relevance. Um, I fear rejection. Like I, I don't, I don't want people to think I'm bad. So like, even when people troll me, I, it really hurts me. So I never like, I could say it all so clearly because I've been thinking about this for, you know, a decade now. I'm sure that the students are getting a lot of value out of that and a lot of unforeseen value too, right? Because it's, you said the course is titled Supercharge Your Productivity, but you're talking about all these things about self-awareness and introspection that really get to the root cause of what the purpose of you trying to be so productive is. Like, what is your intent? Yeah. And thank you for saying that. And, and, and in many regards, like that's been my own journey, right? I've been obsessed with productivity. I've been obsessed with making money. I've been obsessed with like phys physical fitness. Um, and, but I never, I never knew why. Right. And I kind of became prisoner to a lot of those things, prisoner to money, prisoner to status, prisoner to intense exercise. And, you know, I'm 43 now and like I'm starting to have some like longer term health uh, issues. And I suspect that a lot of it was because I had this ridiculous in intensity. Like I once was bored one day and I was feeling crappy about myself. And I said, let me do a thousand burpees today. And then I went to the hospital. <laughs> Jeez. Like that's fucked up. Like no one should do that. And no one should do that because they just like felt kind of shitty about themselves like, a thousand burpees? Dude, that's fucking crazy. A hundred's plenty. A thousand. It took me like 20 hours. 
So there's a couple things in that that you said that I want to come back to our obsession at a Western society with productivity, even the point on alcohol. I actually had a question for you on that too, but I wanted to ask you, is there a way that people can kick off this sort of uncomfortable introspection on their own mm-hmm. rather than, you know, maybe seeing a therapist or enroll, you know, joining, a, joining your course, for example, is there a way for somebody to trigger that introspection on their own? Because that takes... What you, what you did takes a, an incredible amount of self-awareness. And I think that a lot of people would, would benefit yeah. from developing yeah. that level of self-awareness. This is the beautiful thing, man. It's, it's like oxygen. It's free. It's everywhere. It's, and guess what? People have been wrestling with this for five, you know, since the, since the beginning of mankind, right? Mm-hmm. There's a verse from the Tao Te Ching, Stephen Mitchell translation, if you end up putting this in the show notes. And um, it's Lao Tzu was written, I I believe, 5,000 years ago, a Chinese philosopher. And he says, fill your bowl to the brim and it will spill. Keep sharpening your knife and it will dull. Chase after money and security um, and your heart will never unclench. Care about other people's approval and you'll always be their prisoner. I once ran an experiment where I changed the phrasing of that to make it seem like it was written in 2022. And I asked people, when do you think this was written? And someone was like, oh, you found it on Twitter. 5,000 years ago. Care about other people's approval. You will always be their prisoner. Fuck, man. As relevant as ever. 5,000 years. It's not a fucking Instagram thing. It's a human thing. Yeah. And so to answer your question more specifically, one of the easiest ways is to go to philosophy. Socrates, right? The unexamined life is not worth living. That's actually how we came up with part of Rad Reed's tagline, right? Carl Jung, until we make the subconscious conscious, it will dictate our lives and we'll call it fate. That's some fucked up heavy shit, man. People have been talking about this forever. So the first thing is like, go to the philosopher. And if you don't, like, honestly, I struggle to read philosophy. It's it's a little dry for me. Like, I'm a CS major, dude. I'm like a numbers nerd. Philosophy is hard for me to read. Um, So I listen to podcasts where people analyze it. I watch YouTube videos about it, right? I'm not trying to be the best philosopher. I just want to understand the ideas. So that would be one. The second, there's a Blaise Pascal quote that says, all of man's problems come from their inability to sit in a room by themselves for 15 minutes. Learn how to be with your thoughts for 15 minutes. No podcasts, no books, no writing, nothing with your thoughts. I call it a stillness practice. Learn how to quiet your mind, right? Other people will call it meditation. I'm a very active, avid meditator. I meditate probably 40 to 60 minutes a day for almost 10 years now. Um, And it's changed my life. I don't meditate. It's kind of like fight clubby. Like you don't like, you don't like brag and and talk about it, but meditation is a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. It has changed my life. I lost one of my best friends uh, this summer and it was my safety blanket in grieving. And I was like, oh, wow, I see the 10 years of meditation now. 
I'm still crushed. I'm devastated that I lost my best friend, but I can still see the beauty of it. I can still celebrate her. I could still honor her. I'm not paralyzed to the point of not functioning, right? I could see the beauty in it all. And I could see that she's still with us, right? So that's another one. Breath work, I would combine it, right? Just focus, you know, like the Apple Watch, the breathing thing. That thing's mm-hmm. really powerful, man. Do like 10 minutes of that a day. Like it's going to change you. Um, so that would be another thing. Um, journaling. There's so many like good journaling prompts. Like what does success mean to you? Right. It's a great question. When will I know that any, all those uh, intro questions that you set up for me at the beginning, they're amazing journaling questions. What do I want mm-hmm. my look, life to look like in five years, in 10 years, in 15 years? What scares me? What would I do? Uh, or I, this is a journaling question that just came up. Um, we call them 10K questions. Um, how am I complicit in creating the conditions that I say I don't want? Right. What How am I complicit in creating the conditions that I say I don't want? That's a good one. Yep. There's that. I mean, you could just Google like best reflection questions and yep. like a hundred. So just pick one and do one every week. Right. Yep. Yep. So that's the beauty. This is why I'm so passionate about what I do is that like, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's like yoga. It's like, you know, like you don't need like fancy shit to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just need a piece of paper, your brain, and and some free time, right? I mean, and even then, you don't need that much free time. You know, Lao Tzu, you could read the Tao Te Ching in one, you know, one subway ride. It's like little tiny verses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could take a lifetime to process the verses, but you can read it in one one subway ride. So those are a few ways to get started. Yeah. What you're saying is like, these are all various forms of kind of, of self-reflection, right? And it's, it's funny that I'm glad you brought those things up because I, I recently wrote about something about how, you know, the greatest minds are kind of forged in solitude. And obviously this isn't like a completely original idea. This is an iteration of things that I've read, but it's really made me realize that that time alone where you're not like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm stepping out of the house to go to work and I should be popping in a podcast for the mm-hmm. entire 35 minute commute. And then like reading a book as soon as I get to my desk in my downtime and like just filling all these little moments with productivity or, or, or productive habits yeah, isn't always the right thing to do because it gives you no time to think for yourself and kind of like process the thoughts you're having, analyze the thoughts you're having um, and kind of orient yourself in it in one direction. And even like you're saying the same thing, but know yourself. Like you don't, I, I'm, I'm, I have a theory that we are constantly on the move because we don't know ourselves and we're scared to know ourselves. It's much easier to like pop in a J, you know, Joe Rogan episode than to be like, am I happy? Like if you're listening now, take a, take a pause, the podcast and ask yourself, am I happy? And give yourself Set a five-minute timer on your phone and just ask yourself, am I happy? Am I happy? Think about it. No notes, no books, no AirPods, nothing, right? It's, a, it's pretty uncomfortable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And they might say, well, that's a waste of time. And you're like, well, finding a way to be more productive 
for the next over the next five minutes is a better use of time? Because what are you going to do with those extra? Let's say you free up ten minutes. What are you going to do with those ten minutes? Right? Yeah. Free up another twenty. When does it stop? Right. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about this. Feels like the perfect segue into this. Talk to me a little bit about telic and atelic activities. Oh yeah. So I got that this concept from. Uh, from uh, the philosopher Kieran Setia, uh, who's a phenomenal, I, I, I think he's phenomenal. I, I love his, I listen to a lot of his talks. Uh, so there's two concepts of activities. There's T-like activities and AT-like activities. T-like activities are directed towards an outcome. Uh, so you like want to get promoted or you want to get a raise or you want to run a four, sub four hour marathon, right? Uh, or you want to earn a million bucks in your startup, right? Those are activities oriented towards a goal. AT-like activities are activities that you do just in pursuit, just because the activity itself is the reward, right? We take going for a hike, listening to music, hanging out with your friend, taking a walk with your kid, right? Now, we... Again, using generalization, but say I, I, right? Like I have an hour drive after this and I already have two podcasts queued up for the drive. So why, and I wouldn't, I love music. Like why won't I listen to music, right? I got an hour. It's like LA traffic type. Oh man, you're speaking my language. Why won't I listen to like, I don't know what some new album, there's new Taylor Swift album. Like, well, you know why I love the Bad Bunny album. Like, why won't I just be like, yo, I got no kids, no wife. I love all three of them. And I'm going to like, like race. I, I've gotten better. I don't put them on. I don't let myself listen to podcasts on faster than one speed. Like, I'm like that shit's just crazy. Um, but I go in and, uh, and so why do I got to make that time productive? Right. So, so what happens is that, you know, Every moment has to have an output, right? You even like people meditate because it makes them clearer thinkers. Like, like the Buddha is rolling over in his grave, hearing that he's happy because everyone meditates now. He's unhappy because everyone's meditating because they secretly want to make more money like Ray Dalio. Right? And so why do we take these things? Like, it's crazy. Have you ever listened to the language people use when they go on vacation? They're like, I'm coming, I'm going on vacation so I could come back to work refreshed. Why don't you go on vacation? Because vacation is fun. Leisure is amazing. Right? That's a Everything. great point. That's it's so crazy. Point. Yeah. Right? People meditate. I started to meditate because I wanted to be a higher performer. Right? And so, and then there's like something even crazier that happens is like, you know, I, I do this all the time as a, I mean, it's hard as a content creator is anytime I watch something that should be just for art, I try to turn it into a blog post. So I can't watch a Disney movie trying to like analyze the story and like make it relevant to 10K work, right? Because everything's got to be an output. Now you're probably asking, well, why do we do that? Right? Why, why is it that we do that? I suspect I know why I do it. And that leads to a question that I often ask people. I'll ask you, would you rather have five, five people at your funeral or 5,000? 
you know, if I had asked myself this question a few years ago, I probably would have said five thousand. Mm-hmm. But now I'm going to say five. Amazing. And and the five that the five that really matter. Yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing. Um, you're quite wise. Uh, I still struggle. I've asked this question to many, many people, 650 people. Uh, and I still, there's a part of me that's like, man, I would be bummed if there are only five people at my funeral, right? I love myself a little too much sometimes. Um, so I think that in a world that's so outcome oriented, right? Whether, you know, in the old days, it was like money. And then it became like stuff. And then it became like free time. And then it became, you know, like spiritual materialism. You know, like I go to, I go to ayahuasca retreats and burning, like Burning Man, right? Um, and so, but we still tend to measure ourselves with output. Oh, my kids go to Yale. Like uh, I'm on the board of this, right? I was a managing director at BlackRock. I say that stuff still, mm-hmm. right? So we measure ourselves with outputs because we equate our self-worth with the outputs. More output, more self-worth. So of course you're going to try, if you can get a boost to your self-worth by boosting, you're going to try to boost your output in anything you do. And I think it comes back to a very powerful question, right? One that I would ask your listeners, like, who am I without achievement, right? Why is it so hard to be ordinary? I can think a lot about Tom Brady right now. You know, Tom Brady is currently married to Giselle. You got one of the greatest football players of all time, Victoria Supermodel, one of the biggest models in the world. And they're in the process of getting divorced or the rumors. Again, this is all rumors. And I'm not, I'm not celebrating someone's failed marriage. It's a really interesting story because at its surface, people have said that Giselle is leaving Tom because he won't stop playing football. So Tom, again, all conjecture, but if you're Tom Brady, you're like, I could keep doing this thing that I'm amazing at. And he's like still one of the best players in the league at 44, 46. Or I could make my wife and maybe his three kids downstream happy. They also have fears that uh, like concussions for him on their behalf. And time after time, like he can't retire. He keeps picking football. Now I'm not judging him for picking football. I have no idea what goes on behind closed doors. It's a very interesting metaphor though. If you think about the thing I said earlier, if you measure your self-worth by your output, I mean, Tom Brady's output is on steroids, dude. The guy's still the fucking best. Right? Totally. So by that yardstick, he's crushing life. But are you crushing life if you're, you know, if if you're in the, you know, if you're getting divorced and, you know, you have many kids and all that? Again, I don't know. But we've all been in some version of that situation. Right? Maybe it's the the parent that's like, I'm really gunning for a partner this year. And so, honey, I'm going to be on a plane a lot this year trying to close deals. And then you, then they might sneak in and it's like, I'm doing it for the family, right? Like, are you really doing it for the family? Because I'm pretty sure the four-year-old doesn't give a fuck if you're a partner or, <laughs> or a principal. They just want you to be home for playtime. 
So it's a long-winded way of saying, we talked about AT, like, ev like every activity needs to have an output. Why does every activity need to have an output? Because if we measure our, our worthiness through our outputs, then of course we're going to try to always squeeze more out of the stone. Do you listen to my first million by any chance? I do on and off. I, I don't okay. like, um, not a regular, I'm not a, I listen to podcasts based on guests, not based yep. on series. Gotcha. So recently on the show, they had Ryan Holiday. I was, he talks a lot about this. I listened exactly. to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking the moment you said Tom Brady, I started thinking about, you know, I think one of the hosts, Sam and Ryan had a conversation about like Michael Jordan, Tom yep. Brady, and how, you know, these guys, for them, the greatness comes before anything else. Right. And like, they're so tied to, to what they do that mm -hmm. that's what success looks like for them. But then there's so many other people who are like, yeah, like I don't need to be a billionaire. Like I'm cool with my, mm -hmm. you know, $10 million business as long as I've also got a happy family, a healthy body, et cetera. Right. So yeah. it, it all comes down to like, what, what are your values? What are your priorities? Yeah. And, and I would add to that. I hope Tom Brady's picking that. I'm hoping he's saying like, I would rather be the best football player ever at the expense of my marriage. Like, I hope he's making a conscious decision, right? Because the worst thing would be, how many times have you made a, a decision by not even thinking about it, right? You just did it. That would be tragic. That's why I care so much about self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to make that decision, great. But, but make sure it's the right decision and make sure you just didn't do it because it was the, it was the most obvious one. It was the only one in front of you, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, another, another point is like, you know, on your example with the guy who's got to catch a lot of flights to close deals, right? Like you said it best when you said the four-year-old doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Really. I think a lot of times we confuse what our priorities are and we kind of just pick the path of kind of, I guess, least resistance, yeah. right? Yeah. What I mean by that is like, it becomes unclear what the number one value is in the direction that you need to, we need to go in when you've kind of been moving in one direction the entire time. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to kind of switch off course. You're just going to keep doing it because it's already become ingrained in your mind to keep, mm -hmm. to continue in this direction. And I would, I would ex accentuate that it becomes more pernicious because society's telling you like, a lot of people are like, of course, Tom Brady should keep doing that. He's the greatest, right? Society has, society has created its own media, culture, however you want to define it. They've created their own. I'll tell you, when I left Wall Street, everyone was like, you're fucking crazy. Why would you walk away from that at 35, right? And I was puttering around for three, four, five years. And it wasn't until like I got a little bit of traction. They're like, oh, you're a genius, right? Yep. For three, four, five years, people were like, Shh. like people were, were group texting behind my back saying like, should we stage state an intervention? Like he's writing these like emo blog posts, like let's save him from himself. Right. It wasn't until I started making a little money, got a little bit, you know, internet famous, whatever, however you want to measure that. They're like, oh, look at him. Look at the guts. Look at the courage. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm like, you were the same person that was talking shit behind my back. Yeah. What's the, the, the quote comes to mind. Like at first they ridicule you. Oh yeah. Whatever, whatever it is. Like I'm going to completely botch it, but yep. first they ridicule you and then they accept it. And then they ask you how you got there. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny how your story worked out in that direction too. Yeah. But again, it's the default programming, man. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to unlearn the default programming because it's hitting you from every angle. It's hitting you from media. It's hitting you maybe from your spouse sometimes. It's hitting you from your parents. It's hitting you from your former colleagues. It's hitting you from your uh, college buddies. It's hitting you from your neighbors, right? It's hard to break out of that. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, that's exactly what the principal podcast is all about, right? It's 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 my own journey through kind of challenging conventional wisdom and, and thinking for myself. But at the same time, I'm also trying to inspire the readers and listeners to, mm-hmm. to, to do the same for themselves. Right. Yeah. Because like everyone's always going to give you their two cents. And at the end of the day, if you don't have that self-awareness and if you don't understand what your priorities and values are, then you'll kind of just keep moving in the directions that everybody kind of, you know, all these external stimuli kind of point you in. But if you have some sort of sense of where you want to go, and if you can think, if you rely and can think on your, on your own terms, I think you'll end up in a far better position. And I, I would imagine that you'd agree with that. Yeah, no. And I just think that it's not even about like better or worse. It's just like, I, I come keep going back to Socrates, right? The unexamined life is not worth living, right? We all want to live a fulfilled, rich, meaningful life. And you, it's very hard to do that without any, you know, awareness, So how can we conquer this, like this sense of guilt and the sense of shame that we feel when we're not working on the things Mm -hmm. that we should be working on? And Mm -hmm. I say should in in quotes for Mm -hmm. everyone who's just listening to this. Well, I think the first thing is to bring self-awareness into that moment, right? Like I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to say like, why, like, why do I need to listen to a podcast right now, right? Like, why can't I just listen to music, right? So, and pausing and thinking about it. Now, it's kind of like that five whys exercise. So I'll, I'll walk you through it, right? Like, why, why am I going to listen to it? Um, and I'll tell you straight up, like, it's very hard to be an entrepreneur in, or in your first recession, right? Uh, entrepreneurship in a bull market is very different than entrepreneurship in a bear market. Uh, especially when you sell high-end products, right? So mm-hmm. I'm nervous. When I get nervous, my fight or flight goes up. And my in, my instinct is to do, 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 right? Do, do, do. And so I do, 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 and like, you know, learning stuff. I'm, I've even like, I don't even listen to that many business podcasts. Like the ones I've queued up are comedians, uh, and, but it's more just to like, but it's still very telic. Like I listen to comedians cause it helps. I believe it helps me see the world through a very different lens versus I listen to comedians cause they're fucking funny. Like, you know, like how fucked up is that? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'll examine that and I'll sit with that and maybe I'll force myself a bit to just like. Fuck it, Kay. You're listening to this Taylor Swift album. I'll use brute force, right? And just play it on and be on and sit with that discomfort, right? I might go one layer deeper, right? I know that, like, I like the game of entrepreneurship and I don't feel like I'm doing great at it right now. Again, 
partially because we're in a recession, but like when we weren't in a recession, I didn't feel like I was doing good at it because I was looking around and seeing everyone like Ryan Holiday doing it like a thousand times better than me. And so I'm like, man, if I can only be a little bit more like Ryan Holiday, maybe if I listen to, you know, this Pat Flynn podcast on how to build a perfect fucking landing page, then my business will be so much better. Right. And so I kind of sit with that without judgment and see where it takes me and see where it takes me. And sometimes it's just, you know, a couple bad bunny tracks and, and I'm like, oh, this is good. I feel that. I feel alive again. <laughs> Other times it's like, no, right now I need to like, you know, do this thing. But I recognize that I'm doing it. Yeah, right? I've, I've definitely been there. It's like you put the music on for your workout and then mm -hmm. three songs in, you're like, yeah, I feel like I got to scratch that itch. Yeah. I feel like I should be I should be listening to something educational. Yeah. What am I doing? Where's that you know? podcast on landing pages yeah. for SEO? Like, fuck, yeah. the number of stupid SEO podcasts I've listened to. What yeah. a fucking waste. And you retain like 10% of it because you're doing like an activity that should require all your focus. Yeah, I, I call it like entrepreneurship porn. Like. It's like, it just makes you feel like really good about yourself in the moment. But like deep inside, you know, the motivations are completely unpure right. and you know, the benefit is completely uh, short-lived if not non-existent. Yeah. And I, I see the problem with, with the culture that we've propagated with this obsession of productivity is that a lot of us have just forgotten how to have fun. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like every activity has to be like hardcore and you have to be extracting value from it. And it's like, no, you're allowed to just enjoy your workout mm -hmm. with some music that you like. You don't yeah. have to, you don't have to be Take listening notes to on like a <laughs> Hassan Minaj podcast, yeah. like just fucking laugh. Cause he's funny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's great. Have you seen the, the latest Netflix special? Yeah, so I just good. watched it last night. So good. It was incredible. So good. He's, his storytelling abilities are just absolutely incredible. Yeah, I was just listening to him on Colin and Samir, and it's he, he's 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 so talented. Mm -hmm. But again, that's a good example of like I couldn't just like let myself get absorbed by it, and I was always thinking about like, oh, the camera is shot this way, or you know, I wonder how he came up with that joke, or you know, like I couldn't just like sit and just enjoy it. Most of the time I could, but there were moments when I was like, I got to analyze this. I got to analyze this. Like yeah. talented brown guy. Like I need, like I need more of that in my life. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. I know you've got to run in a few minutes here, but I wanted to, I wanted to get your perspective on where you stand with this, with this whole idea of, you know, being a creature of habit and having a, a structured routine that you kind of use to you know, organize your activities and, and make sure you're higher, high, you're operating at your highest levels versus feeling like your routines are kind of just making you fragile. Mm. Again, I've gone through so many waves of phases of that question, but one of my, so I have a bunch of questions that I kind of meditate on regularly. And one of the questions that I meditate on regularly is what if it was easy? And sometimes people find that you know, I would imagine your audience finds out. It's like, it can't be easy. It's got to be a grind. It's got to be a struggle. Like, if it's easy. It's not worth it, right? And I had all those perspectives before. But what if it was easy? Just kind of like, it's kind of the, this mantra, like, it doesn't mean that I'm not trying, look at me, I'm like defending myself already. But it's not like I'm trying to be lazy. It's just I'm leaning into things and situations with flow and ease, right? So. 
for many, many, many years, I, I've been off Instagram. I just, just didn't like it. I didn't like how it made me feel. I didn't, you know, I didn't want it on my phone. Uh, I'm a words guy. And, and so I just ignored it. And I like, you know, there's probably a cost. Like I would go in and check my DMs like every quarter and all these people like, I want to buy your course. Like, cause you know, Instagram's like email for, it's like your website for a lot of people. And I'm like, fuck, all these people wanted to like sign up to this thing. And I didn't even respond to them. What the fuck? Um, but I know, cause when I go on Instagram, you know, next thing I know, I'm like looking up LeBron James's tattoo artist's favorite <laughs> sneaker shop. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, I know that I'd rather lose a sale or two than to, you know, spend two hours researching LeBron James's tattoo artists. Um, and so I just followed the flow. And recently I've been like, you know what? I feel like Instagram's calling me a little bit. You know, two or three years later, I, I do a lot of design. I do a lot of our own, like Rad Reads design. Just I like kind of taught myself some basic elements of design. I like design. I like video. I like short form video. I'm like, yeah, maybe I just like pop in and do it on my terms. Like I never want to have Instagram on my phone. I never want to have TikTok on my phone. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll schedule posts and, you know, comment on them, you know, on, on, on desktop computers. Um, but I just kind of follow the flow on that. And I follow that on like, it just brings me to these like interesting places. Like I've surfed 400 days since I lived in LA and like, I don't have a habit tracker. I don't have mm -hmm. a, an alarm for surfing. I don't, I just go on, I feel like surfing and just turns out that 98% of the days I want to surf and I just run with it. And guess what? I'm in the best shape of my life at 43 because I surf so much. Right. And so, you know, I just kind of follow that. I follow it in business. Like when there's, it's a question we always ask ourselves, like when we're looking at something new, like, well, what if it was easy? And we're like, Oh yeah. Like we wouldn't do it that way. Like we're creating so much unnecessary struggle. And again, it's that same pressure that makes you like want to like output, 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 output that like makes you like want to just like grind through things. And I'm kind of like, look, like I'm building a business where maximizing profitability is probably the third priority. The landscape opens up a lot for you when you bump that down to number three. And guess what? I think I'll make more money by bumping it down to number three in like a 20 year window. And I know for damn sure I'm going to have more fun and I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to smile every day and I'm going to do things I love. Um, and so, so to answer your question, I, I, with age, I've gotten more into like finding my flow. I have a lot of rituals. Like I wake up, I meditate, right? Before I go to bed, I meditate, right? Uh, I surf, then I eat. So I like, I like intermittent fast without calling it intermittent fasting, <laughs> right? Um, you know, I don't do meetings until 1130. Um, I, you know, I shut my laptop off at 730. Like, so I have all these like little rituals. I try to read five pages before I go to bed, but they're not like, I don't codify them. Like they're like yesterday. I watched Netflix before I went to bed because I wanted to watch the documentary, the, the comedy show. I don't like, like, ah, oh, shit, I should have read my, I didn't read my five pages. You know, Bill Gates reads five pages every day. Like mm -hmm. I'm not like Bill Gates right mm -hmm. now. Um, so I give myself grace and, you know, again, I've let go of that ideal of who I think I should be. And, and it just allows me to like flow with a lot 
yeah, just like a, with like a lightness, man. Like, you know, like I probably sound like a stoner now. I don't really smoke. Uh, but there's just a lightness to things. And again, like if you saw me at my team meeting today, I'm like, the recession is going to fucking annihilate us. <laughs> um, so like, I'm not always like that. Um, but, but for the most part, I think from that introspection, I know my triggers. I'm very scared of being unsafe and I'm very scared of being like unseen and unlovable. Like, and so, so much of my anxiety and my inner talk is usually related to those two 2.5 things that I just described. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Said like a true surfer. <laughs> awesome, man. This was a this was an absolute masterclass on on knowing yourself. I appreciate you coming on, man. You'll have to come back for part two. I, I would love that. And yeah, thank you to all your listeners uh, uh, for spending you know the hour with us. Where can people find you online? Uh, radreads.co. No M. That's our main page. Sign up. We do a lot via email. Twitter is my most popular handle, but we're starting to ramp up on YouTube and Instagram. So if you just do K-H-E, K-H-E space H-Y, and then your favorite social media channel, um, you will find me on all those. But definitely get up, get on our, our email list. Excellent. I will link to everything you just mentioned. Awesome. K-H-E, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Pleasure is mine. Thanks, man. Take care.